Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Well, we're living in the aftermath of resurrection this morning. Welcome to all those watching online as well. Great to have you with us. Easter Sunday, last Sunday, and of course, you know, the empty cross and the empty tomb are the symbolic of the fullness that Jesus purchased for mankind. Great news. I guess moving on from from Good Friday's message, which was uh, understanding sacrifice, we know that everything Jesus did was a template. Everything Jesus did was a, a pattern. It was a living manual for each one of us to to be able to live a better life, to live a blessed life, and to build a foundation for generations. I want to look at something today that you don't hear preach much. And um, it's about the cost of following Jesus. It's about the cost of following Jesus. To follow Jesus is the most important decision that we will ever make in our entire life because it has eternal ramifications. And honestly, if it wasn't, you know, if eternity wasn't part of the deal, it's still the best, the best way to live. It's still the best message. It's the best way to shape and build your life. It's the best pattern or template that you could work on the teachings of Christ applied to your life is going to bring joy, fulfilment, happiness, challenges. But with that strength, you know, it's got so much available to us. I mean, for me, it was a no-brainer. I, you know, God performed a miracle in my life that was so unbelievable that I had no choice. I had, I had no choice but become a believer. I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't going after anything. I wasn't on any spiritual quest. But God came into my life and performed a miracle that that proved He was real to me. I couldn't doubt it. I didn't want it, but I couldn't doubt it. It had to be real. It had to be true. Enough for me to say, you know, I'm in 100%. But my concern today, my concern today is for those who have said yes to Jesus but really didn't understand what they were signing up for. And for those who do understand, I'm hoping today that this will reaffirm, reaffirm your conviction in Christ. Let's turn over to the uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. Sorry, chapter 9, verse 57. It says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, 
but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Three things I want to look at today. Three things that, 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 you know, highlight the cost of following Jesus. And if you take them on board, it will make your journey with God so much simpler, so much easier. Jesus demonstrated this with his life. The first one is about You know, no turning back. No turning back. In verse 57, there it it says that, you know, that he said, I will follow you wherever you go. Wherever you go. That's a big call, isn't it? It's a big call. How how many remember that old song? You know, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Amen. Good old song, that one. But this guy was obviously enthusiastic. I mean, he'd obviously saw Jesus perform miracles and, and you know, this, this man was like no other and something rose up within him in excitement and enthusiasm and to say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. Wherever you go, I'm going to follow you. Enthusiasm's not enough. It takes endurance to follow Jesus. Endurance to follow him. He had no idea what he was signing up for. He had no idea of the cost of following Jesus, who had just been expelled from Nazareth. He had left the shelter of Peter's home in Capernaum. The Samaritans refused to give him lodging, and he was heading to a hostile Jerusalem. Not a great day to sign up. No comfortable Sheraton room for the followers of Jesus Christ. Hence the reply of of Jesus, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. That was the response. When he knew the cost, we never heard of him again. He's never mentioned again. We don't even know his name. John 6, Jesus said things that offended some of the disciples and, and they left. He said some stuff and they said, whoa, whoa, this is, you know, this, this is off the charts a bit here. And they started to, you know, go left, right and centre. And then Jesus turned to the 12 and he asked, do you want to leave me too? And Peter replied in verse 68, he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. See, when you get that revelation, there's no turning back. You get that revelation, there's no turning back. And, and you know, I've seen, I've seen people for years tread water in their faith. You know, they swim along and all of a sudden they get hit by an offence or a disappointment or something. They tread water, they tread water. And, you know, eventually they get so tired, they sink. That's not the plan. 
That's not what God has had died for. And when you make that decision, then you can start to move forward, you know, and, uh, and your faith becomes exciting. You know, history tells us about uh, a Captain Cortez who discovered, you know, South America. And uh, he was there on a mission from Spain. And, uh, and, you know, so they landed on the shores of South America, totally different country to Spain. And, and of course, it was humid and there were different diseases and, and stuff that they had not encountered. And, you know, the troops started to grumble and they started to moan. And all of a sudden, the excitement of the mission, you know, was growing a bit dull. Started to say things like, oh, you know, it was better back in Egypt. No, no, no. It was better back in Spain. <laughs> better back in Spain. You know, we should, this place is, you know, who wants to conquer this place anyway? Cortez did this. He went out and he burnt the ships. He burnt the ships. Why? Because they couldn't go back. They had to go forward. And as soon as they did that, they conquered the nation. As soon as they did that, they took their focus off what used to be and on to where they were supposed to be and they had the victory. Had the victory. There's no turning back. 1 Kings, uh, uh, Elijah challenges the people of God in verse 21. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal is God, follow Him. It comes down to that same choice today. This is our hour as a church to say yes to following Christ. There is a line in the sand in this age that we live in. There is a line in the sand and we cannot compromise any longer with one foot over each side of the line. Amen? If you say yes to following Christ, there's no turning back. Cut off the past. Let's move forward to the victory that Christ has for each one of us. Secondly, today, you've got to know that it's not about me. Verse 59 to 61, he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, First, let me go and bury my father. And he said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And there's one phrase in those verses that sticks out to me. And it's this, first, let me. Just let that sink in for a minute. First, let me. Wow. It demonstrates a conditional commitment to following Jesus. A conditional commitment to following Jesus. Yeah, look, I'll follow you, Lord, absolutely, but first. But first, let, let me. Do what I need to do. You just wait for me, Lord. You just hang back, just wait. You know, I'll do, I'll get this done or I'll, I'll do that or, or I'll do this first or that. And then, you know, um, and then I'll, I'll come and follow you. The problem with that is that, is that Jesus was on a mission. He was on his way to the cross for the redemption of mankind. 
And if we're going to talk about first, the mission of Jesus should take priority. Amen? If we're going to talk about what comes first, the mission of Jesus should take priority over anything that I have to do. It comes second. Christianity is about saying yes and being part of the God mission for the world. We are the church. Amen? We have a mission. And if we say yes to follow Him, then that mission comes first. It's the way it is. I don't know whether anyone told you that the day you gave your life to Christ. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul explains it very well. From this point, there is no turning back. And it's no longer about me. It's about Christ and his mission. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute, this doesn't sound like I'm getting a a very good deal here. Well, here's the kicker. The more it's not about me, the more blessed my life becomes. Listen to it. The more it's not about me, the more blessed my life becomes. Every part of our flesh doesn't understand that. But it's the truth. It's the truth. Our humanity tells us that we have to look out for ourselves. You know, we've got to look after number one. God says, you take care of my mission. I take care of you. That's how it works. And I'll tell you what, God will take care of you far better than you'll take care of yourself. There's no question about that. Galatians 6, 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, which is all about me, that's me first, Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. I've got to tell you, church, I've learned this. There's an easy way and there's a hard way. There's an easy way and there's a hard way. A smart person chooses the easy way, and that's to follow him. That's to follow him. That's our call. It gets so much easier following Jesus. And number three today, we can't be distracted. You can't be distracted. In verse 62, Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I mean, Jesus builds an amazing word picture here, an amazing word picture. And it, and it shows us the, the Christian life of direction, purpose and harvest. He shows the importance of being focused. 
being focused. If you're ploughing a field and, um, you know, if you've got your eyes focused, you know you've got to keep all of those furrows in line. You've got to just keep, you know, keep the furrows going forward because every, every area that you miss to plough, you get no harvest. Listen to me. Every area that's left unploughed doesn't get the seed, you miss the harvest. So that's why you've got to keep focused. You've got to keep focused to make sure every area is capitalised. Every area is straight. We're going straight. But if, but if you get distracted, if you start to, you know, butterfly goes past. And you're looking, you're ploughing, looking, you know, sort of. It ends up looking like a dog's breakfast out there. Patches everywhere, gaps everywhere, holes everywhere. Guess what? No harvest in those places. No harvest. That's why we've got to be focused moving forward. We've got to keep the alignment. If we get distracted, we've got to remember that the Christian life is, it's not hard. It's not hard. All we have to do is love God and love people. That's simple. That's simple. I mean, Jesus, Jesus told us that, didn't he? Matthew 22, 37, 39. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. That's it. That's it. Just keep focused. Just keep going forward. Just keep doing that, doing that. Plough up every bit of ground so that you get harvest coming every part of your life. See, when our focus is on the harvest, it's very simple. The problem comes when we allow our focus to be distracted. Now, I want you to listen to me. I wanna, you know, I, I, I've been around a while. It's so simple. Just we allow ourselves, we read the Word, we hear the Word, whatever the Holy Spirit convicts in our life, then we change it and move forward. It's that simple. And it's individual. It's like for everyone, you know, you, you can hear this message and, you know, 10 people get 10 different things out of this one message, right, that, that they go, oh, you know what? Ugh, gee, that's a bit close to the bone. That, um, oh. That's me. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, you must have been reading my mail. You know what's going on in my life. I say, no. If I knew that, I'd have your PIN number. <laughs> no. I don't know what's going on, but the Holy Spirit does. And so right there we have an opportunity to keep focused or to get distracted. Amen. To keep focused, to go, okay, all right, if, if that anger in me is a problem, I'll deal with it. You know, if that, if that um, fear in me is causing me drama and, and it's a problem, then I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll, I'll trust you. I'll start to read your word. I'll start to, to speak scripture into my heart. I'll start to build my faith so that I can trust you more and more that fear doesn't have a hold over my life. You move forward. 
in the harvest. So it's, it's that simple. But we get so distracted with religious practices that, you know, that even God doesn't care about. Now, I'm the senior pastor here, and I'm, I'm an old bloke. So I'm going to get you to give me a little bit of grace today because I'm going to talk to you like a dad. I don't want you to be offended. Some will. I don't want you to be offended. I want, I want you to get focused. 26 years I've pastored this church, and I think I've seen about 95% of it. And... Uh, a lot of I just shake my head in disbelief. How easily people can be distracted from the mission on their life and no harvest. I remember years ago, years ago, you don't know these people, they were many years ago. But they came to me one day and they said, Pastor, well, you know, we, we're new to the church, we love this church. And we love the worship, we love the preaching. You know, the people are friendly. They've welcomed us. We love it. But we, we can't sit here if there's a woman in the pulpit. They said, would it be okay if you let us know when your wife preaches and we won't come that Sunday? True story. Now, I'm a gracious man. You want to upset me? You touch my bride? And I was gracious and said, you know, this ain't the church for you. And they left and never came back. Are you serious? I had one family leave our church once and, and I, I thought, where are they? And I ring them up. Oh, we, don't, we, we no longer come to your church. I'm like, really? What? And, and so, look, I'm coming round. So I went around to the house and I sat down with him and I said, okay, what's the deal? What? Well, pastor, the wife said, you don't like me. I said, okay. How, how did that happen? Well, I was sitting in church the other Sunday and you walked straight past me. You saw me, but you didn't even acknowledge me. You walked straight past me. You don't like me. And to be fair, I was liking her less every word she said. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, she'd got it in her head that I didn't like. I, look, on a Sunday morning, I've got a thousand things running through this tiny, weeny little brain. <laughs> right? I mean, it is busy up there. It is confusing. It's shopping at Christmas time up there, right? On a Sunday morning. And I might see you, but I don't see you. Are you with me? Can you cut me a little bit of grace? I'm not ignoring you. I don't think I'm a rude person. Except if you're in front of me in golf and you're too slow. You know, that, that's, that's one thing. But, but you know what I'm saying? And they left the church. 
I've, I've seen so much. And, and here we have the body of Christ in the hour that we are in, in the darkest hour to shine as the brightest light and we're distracted from our mission in following Christ. Unbelievable. Now, I, I probably heard nearly all of it, you know. I, the room's too dark, you know. The lights are too bright. The music's too loud. You know, the church is too big. Had one lady come to me, she said, Pastor, I hope our church doesn't grow. I just love, I just love this. I just love the gathering, the little. I mean, the world can go to hell, amen. The world can go to hell. Long as I have my little gathering. <sighs> Seriously? We get so distracted from the mission. You know, I ask every person that comes in, everyone I speak to here for the first time, you, there may be some folks sitting here this morning for the first time. You know, the most common comment I always ask because I'm interested. I say, how did you find the service today? Oh, we loved it. We loved it. We didn't think church was like this. This is fantastic. This is great. Amen? And I've noticed one thing over 26 years. It's only the Christians that complain. Are you serious? You know, we've got people sitting at home now, you know, and they didn't come for one reason. We had to wear a mask. Now, for some of us, that's an improvement, but for most. <laughs> but for most. Look, I know it's an inconvenience. I hate the dumb thing. I didn't realise how bad my breath was. <laughs> I thought it was you. So I don't like the mask either, but a mask is not going to stop me on who I am and what I believe. This restriction is not going to restrict the body of Christ. We are following Christ on a mission. We said yes, and they matter. Amen. Don't fall into the, the world's constricting you to not be who you were called to be. The harvest is our focus. You know what? We wouldn't care what our preference was as long as those we brought in loved it. You know, tonight we got fusion on tonight. Is that right, Dan? Fusion on tonight. Our young people are going to fill these rows and they are going to go nuts for Jesus. There's similar kids their age that are going to be up the street, rocking roofs, blowing up letterboxes and breaking into cars. But not our kids. They are passionate. They are on fire. I mean, they're asleep at home right now. But they'll be here this afternoon. They are alive. They are passionate. Amen? Why? Because we create an environment where they can bring their friends, where they can be on mission, 
where they can have purpose and direction and get excited about their faith and see Jesus move. I love them. Folks, this world is changing and not for the better. Not for the better. And it's our mission to reach as many as possible with the Gospel of Jesus Christ to give everyone a chance to know Him. We don't put on church for the Christian. We put on church for them. To give them a chance, the hurting, the broken, the wounded, that they can receive a message that is going to transform their life like your life has been transformed. We've got to keep focused. Don't get distracted. Don't sweat the small stuff. Amen. I don't want to be hard on you today, but this is too important. I'm trying to be as kind and as gracious as I can, but you've got to admit it's the truth. It's the truth. And we need to hear it. And we need to rise up to it. And we need to cross that line in the sand and say, you know what? I'm not in and out anymore. I'm in 100%. And I'll do whatever it takes to reach them and to draw them closer to this amazing Saviour. And I'm telling you, if you're sitting here today, if you're online today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, I'm telling you, you're missing out big time. Yes, there's a cost. There's no fine print, I won't lie to you. There's a cost, but I tell you what, it is far worth it. It, The cost pales into insignificance when you live a life that has produced, produced generational blessing beyond your wildest dreams. If you say yes today, yeah, there'll be a cost. But the harvest you get, you'll never be disappointed. I promise you, you will never be disappointed. And if you're sitting here today, you want to give me a wave? If, is that you sitting here today? Just, just give me a wave. Just say, yeah, that's me. You're bold enough. You're brave enough to say, yeah, that's me. I'm in. Yes. You might be online at home. If that's you, amen. We're going to pray. Let's let's, let's just pray. Father, we thank You today that, that for all those that have raised their hand or made that decision in their heart, Lord, today that they they will have this, this brand new start, this brand new beginning to get to know You. And Lord, once they do, I know they'll be as excited and as thrilled as I am. Bless them, Father, I pray today. Amen. Amen. Now listen, if you did that online, then there'll be something you can click. Is that right? Click something. And and we'll get to you somehow through the web. Uh, But if you're here today and you've been embarrassed, like, I don't know, know," come and talk to us. That's all. We'll buy you a coffee. All right? Won't cost you for the coffee. But uh, you're good? Okay, no one's offended? No one's admitting they're offended? All right. You know, I learned one thing about offence many years ago. Taking offence 
It's a lot easier just take the gate. God bless you.